0: and accelerate your success. Hi, I'm Monica, your host for today's episode. Have you ever caught yourself daydreaming about the day you quit your job and follow your lifelong passion and then snap back to reality, let out a big sigh, and then tuck that dream away and get back to work? Well, that's exactly what we're gonna discuss on today's show, where you'll hear from our guest on how she finally took her own courageous leap from daydreaming to doing what she loves and how she leveraged the power of community and her network to get there. Claudia Rojas, founder and CEO of Books Made Easy, is a Latina from Colombia. She shares her personal journey of shedding other people's expectations and following her own path. In 2018, Claudia decided to take a leap and follow her heart by creating a solution to the leadership and professional gap she so often witnessed in corporate America. She decided to put her love for books to work to help others become the best leaders and individuals they can be by developing concise, structured, book-based training sessions. Claudia has over 20 years of experience specializing in leadership and diversity in multicultural markets. She attributes her success to her resilience, drive, obsession with professional development, and her ability to develop relationships in her community. Visit inbeyondbarriers.com where you'll find show notes and links to all the resources referenced in this episode including the best way to get in touch with Claudia. Welcome, Claudia. Thank you so much for joining us on the Beyond Barriers podcast. We are super excited to have you here, um, especially given that a lot of your kind of mission and the passions that you are really drawn to are very much aligned to what we do here at Beyond Barriers. So tell us a little bit about your story and what you've learned in your journey, um, both in the corporate space, as well as, you know, you taking the leap of faith and kind of going off out on your own, some of those transitional periods as
1: well.
2: Okay, great. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm so excited uh, to be here with you guys uh, sharing today. Um, And so my journey has been an interesting one. And um, I'm Latina. I was born in Colombia, and I came uh, to this country at the age of 11. Mm -hmm. And that was quite a different time um, when I came here. I was the only minority in my entire school. Mm. Like literally there was no other individual from any other race or that spoke any other language. And of course I didn't speak English. So Mm -hmm. the principal said to my mom, "Um, Hey, we can either hire a teacher for your daughter or we can just throw her in and see how she does. So, of course, my mom said, throw her (laughs) in, (laughs) she'll be fine. Uh And, uh, you know, it was really challenging at first, of course, I had no idea what anyone was saying. Mm -hmm. Um, And why I chose to start with this story is because I think that's my biggest lesson in life. Mm -hmm. Growth is in the difficult situations we encounter. Mm-hmm. And you have a choice. You either crumble and you get stuck in the fact that you're in something difficult or you look at it as, as a growth opportunity where mm-hmm. you're really going to be able to learn and grow and experience something new from right. that situation. Uh, so from there on, of course, I learned to speak English extremely quickly, just mm-hmm. by necessity. and But I really kept that with me throughout my life. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what? difficult situations, just go ahead and tackle them head on and you will be fine. So I think that was like always my biggest takeaway that I, I really learn at a very young age.
0: That's fantastic. I was gonna say the, the idea around, um, they don't go, call it growing pains for anything, right? So it's, it's those moments of difficult situations where there may be some pain involved, whether it's you know, physical, emotional, or, or mental, but you do grow from it. So I think that's fantastic. That's a really kind of a great point that people need to kind of really embrace.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And even going into my corporate career, uh, you know, if you look at my corporate career, I switched industries. I mm-hmm. uh, I switched roles because my role was, "Do you want to?" And my answer was always, "Absolutely," mm-hmm. because I find that we can spend a lifetime preparing for something. Mm-hmm. or preparing for a position, or preparing for our next step. But the preparation without action, you're just stuck. Mm-hmm. So I would always say, absolutely, I want to do that. Yes, I want to apply for that position. Uh, yes, I want to you know, explore that opportunity. And then after, I would figure out how to actually make it happen.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um, and what I found was that if you just work really hard, And you lead by example Mm -hmm. and understand from day one that when you're leading individuals is not about you. You're last Mm -hmm. on the list. It's really about the individuals that you're leading Mm -hmm. and the impact you're having in their life and their performance. Um, So I found that I continued to grow very quickly in any role I was in. Mm -hmm. Um, and then with my last role, which I love, I was in corporate in a fortune 100 company. I led our entire Latino market team, uh, which was a wonderful experience because it was my opportunity to give back to our Latino community, Mm -hmm. uh, which was extremely important to me and very rewarding. But I really found that it was time for me to continue growing, but I loved what I did. Mm -hmm. I was very comfortable doing it
1: hmm
2: And, you know, I, uh, I, I did very well for myself. Um, I, you know, I could have what I wanted, but I didn't have time. I was just always working and mm-hmm. I felt that I was no longer growing. I was always working, not making the time for the things that matter to me. Um, and I was just off balance. Mm-hmm. And then that's when I made the decision to take the leap and start uh, my company, which is called Books Made Easy. Mm. Uh, so throughout my corporate journey, I found that there was really a need for personal and professional development. Yes. But individuals today just don't make the time because right. they're so busy. Mm-hmm. Life is just go, go, go between family, work, emails. It's just very difficult. And that when people try to make the time at the end of the day to read, some people don't like to read. Other people are falling asleep trying to read. Okay. So it takes so long for an individual to actually get through a book that it loses its impact. Mm-hmm. Uh, Some people do audio, but in audio, you really can't be taking notes and really think about how you're going to apply the concept Mm -hmm. that you're learning on that audio. So that's where my company was born because I said, there's got to be a way where I can bring the content, um, you know, of the books and everything Mm -hmm. that has helped me so much in an easy, quick way where people can come in and just get all the knowledge from it. Mm -hmm. Um, So we started doing two-hour workshops where individuals come in, master the book, and then Mm -hmm. we do exercises for them to understand how they will apply it into their everyday life. That's fantastic. That's interesting. Yeah. Thank you. Like footnotes, notes, but in a, in a more productive way. <laughs> yes. In a way where it's like, okay, now you've got the concept, this is how you will apply it. Right. So then you can actually incorporate what you're learning into your everyday life. Mm. And but when I decided to leave, everybody was like, "Oh my gosh, Claudia, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. Are you sure? You know." And uh, at one point, I either I, I even put my resume out there, and I was getting job offers, and every time I found something wrong with it. Mm-hmm. And then finally, I had to step back and say, "It's not the job offer. It's not the company. It's me. Like mm-hmm. really, it's just me. I, I want to do something." entrepreneurial I want to make an impact Um, Mm -hmm. I want to be able to expand or grow and be creative Mm -hmm. so that's when I said okay this is something I have to do and I'm going on my own and I'm going to make this happen that's fantastic. So, you know, one of the things
0: that you mentioned is that you made this decision and you, you know, you probably leveraged some sort of technique on really helping you decide what's the upside, what's the downside, you know, the risks and being able to say, okay, I'm just going to push forward. What, you know, tell our listeners what are some of the things or what did you what did you do in order to weigh out the pros and cons, and then feel comfortable in taking that leap of faith. Because I feel that that's where a lot of people get stuck. You know, They have these, these ideas, these goals, or these you know, burning desires to do things, but they just are more risk-averse than really taking the leap. So what did you do to kind of help you leave that very kind of stable job where you were doing really, really well um, to uh, something that may be a bit unknown?
2: Okay. So for me, was, uh, I'm extremely analytical. Like Uh I like to have a full picture. So really what I did is I I said, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to start my own business and Mm -hmm. this is the type of business it's going to be. What is it going to take? So the first step is I wrote down everything I needed to do to make it happen Mm -hmm. from leaving my job from um, having to um, create an NLC or a corporation Mm -hmm. from coming up with a name, logo, literally created a list of every single step that was going to be needed from beginning to end to start Mm -hmm. my business. Then I said, all right, if I do this, what is the best that can happen? Mm -hmm. And how is that going to make me feel? Mm. And I really kind of took a step back and really looked at the whole picture. How will that change my relationship with my family? Will I be able to spend more time with them? Um, What type of example would it be for my niece and nephew? Um, You know, the whole picture of what would that look like? And I did the other side, right? What is the absolutely worst case scenario? So if this goes upside down, what will happen? Mm -hmm. And wrote it down. Everything. And then when I looked at the downside, it wasn't ideal. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't, you know, um, pretty, you know, but it wasn't as scary or or as bad as Mm -hmm. I thought. Right. So it kind of crushed my fears a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay, so Mm -hmm. if it goes wrong, you know, I might have to like really budget for a while and go back to corporate. So Mm -hmm. I tried, and then I would be back to where I started. So Mm -hmm. I kind of did a whole analysis of what was needed in both sides, the Mm -hmm. positive, the negative. And I found that the positive way outweighed the negative. And at that point, I just had to do it. So then the next step was, okay, I'm going to, check off one thing of the list to get Mm me one step closer. And I found that it was one step at a time. Okay, today I'm going to look at logos today. I'm going to come up with a name today. I'm going to register. And Mm -hmm. I started step by step, just slowly knocking things off. Mm -hmm. I feel that uncertainty is so scary Mm -hmm. because you just don't know. Right. But I feel by doing this exercise, you kind of crush the unknown anymore because you already explore all the possible avenues, Mm -hmm. which makes you way more confident and it makes you way more aware of really how valuable um, it could be if you pursue what you're trying to accomplish. Mm -hmm. And,
0: you know, you, you make an interesting, you know, um, point where you said you created this list, you you weighed the upside and the downside. You asked yourself, can I live with the downside? The answer was yes. So it kind of took that fear away. And then the list that you created in terms of what are all the things I need to do to be successful was kind of your list of these are my to-dos and then you just executed. Mm-hmm. So Talk a little bit about like, what are some techniques that you do in terms of just like executing, right? Because like you said, all the planning in the world is great, but it's nothing if you don't act on it. Mm-hmm. So what were your next steps after you said, okay, I'm moving forward. I have this list of things. Um, how did you tackle some of the, you know, bigger things on the list that you were like, I know I have to do this. I have no idea how to do this, but I'm just going to move forward. What, what was your kind of, um, how would you break that down?
2: Okay. So I find that it's a lot easier, things that are smaller are Mm -hmm. more attainable. And not only that, but they give you a sense of satisfaction because you Mm -hmm. can cross them off. So I I wouldn't put things down like create an entire workshop. Right, because I would look at that on a Tuesday morning and be, where do I begin? Mm-hmm. So what I would do is I would actually take that and break it down. So I would say, okay, I need to create a workshop. Mm-hmm. What book am I going to start with? So it'd be pick the book. Mm-hmm. I pick the book. So I'm marking it off, and then my brain is going, Yay, great job! <laughs> and then after that, I'm going to put read a hundred pages and create outline. Mm -hmm. And so I'm going to make it into very small goals, Mm -hmm. Um, create total outline, create slides, uh, maybe narrow down slides, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, do a few recordings, do a few, you know, do one trial run. Mm -hmm. Um, So I would, instead of just doing one big step, just break it down into tiny, tiny little steps because Mm -hmm. that's, like I said, way more manageable way easier to tackle. And each time you complete a step, your brain registers it as a reward.
0: That's fantastic. And it's so true, right? Sometimes being able to just check the box gives you so much satisfaction. Um, you know, I, I use Trello whenever I can move a card over. It's like, yes, a dance
1: and so, <laughs> it's so
0: exciting. So tell me, you know, one of the things that um our listeners and and the women who go through some of our programming, one of the biggest focuses that we really help them work on is gaining clarity. Because I feel like once you have some clarity, it kind of helps build your confidence and it kind of snowballs, you know, and it compounds and, and it really helps propel you forward. Um, tell tell us a little bit about what you found, like how did you gain clarity on your strengths and then leverage that to help you shift in that career path, right? Um, Because you were able to identify your purpose, you knew what it is that was really kind of um, pulling you towards launching your career and creating, uh, you know, the whole books made easy. Um, How did you, you know, how did you come across or how did you really hone in on what are those strengths and what would really help you be successful in that endeavor?
2: Okay, so I also feel that was a step process for me uh, because early in my career, I did an exercise that kind of helped me create a brand and kind of helped me create in my mind the type of professional I wanted to be. So what I did is I looked around and then I really found and picked somebody I really respected. In the business and Mm -hmm. I picked a professional that I admired that I said okay I would want to be something similar to that when I get Mm -hmm. to that point in my career
1: right
2: I kept them as a focal point and then I said what do they have Mm. so I literally did a list and you can see a lot of the things I do list because I believe Mm -hmm. awareness Mm -hmm. is what helps people take action, right? Mm -hmm. So I created a list of all the things that person had, um, how she dressed, how she spoke, the knowledge she had, uh, the knowledge, you know, not only from school, but also uh, presentation skills, also communication skills, everything that individual possessed. Right. And then I sat down and I said, okay, what do I have? What are my strengths right now and what are my areas of opportunity? Because it would give me a very clear path of mm-hmm. the actual skills I needed to work on to be the type of professional I wanted to be. Right. So, say communication was one of them so mm-hmm. i would say all right what resources do i have available to be able to improve my communication mm-hmm. and nowadays there are so much Yes. That that's a positive. Yes.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: So I looked at books, um, which books are my love. They have always been. So I always start with books. So I look at looked at um, books. I looked at videos. I looked at courses. Um, I looked at all the resources I had available, and then I picked something to help me in that area. Mm-hmm. And then I continued to do that throughout my career. Mm-hmm. Um, and then. Uh, you know, the, um, to identify really your strengths or weaknesses, I believe like if you really look within, you will see what you're really good at. Mm -hmm. Like what puts a smile on my face. Right. And, you know, I, I found that every time I was coaching people, every time I was helping somebody maximize or achieve their potential, Mm -hmm. it, it just, a light would like be bright inside me right and that's how i knew okay that is really where i need to be that's really Mm -hmm. the space where i need to be um and i would see also the things that i was not so good at which are the things that you would tend not to want to do or because they're more difficult for you or procrastinate or um you would just we're not as good in, in that area. And at that point, it's like, is that an area that really matter? Or is that an a- area that I can delegate or, you know, source out? Right. Um, how much do I need to focus on that specific area? Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of that type of awareness where um, you, you know where you want to be and what you need to do to get there. Um, the other thing I always kept in mind is, um, like I was saying before, if you're in a situation and it continues to be the same, mm-hmm. it's not them. It's really you. Right. So if you're in a situation where it's like, you know, nobody's listening to me. Or, you know, I'm going into the meeting and nobody's accepting my ideas. So if that continues to happen, Mm -hmm. it's time to really look within. Is it the way that you're expressing yourself? Um, Or is it the way that you're presenting your idea? It might be a great idea, but maybe you're not presenting it the right way. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: Um, So really kind of look within if you're continuing to have a pattern to see if really is you and something you can change in in your process mm-hmm. to have it be more effective.
0: No, that's fantastic. And I think it's so important to have that self-awareness and then make that self-assessment because it is very easy. And a lot of the times our ego takes the best part of us, right? That you want to point fingers or point outwards of like the the circumstance, the situation, the people or whatever are at fault when really at the end of the day it's how you handled that situation or that person or whatever that may be. So I think that's actually really extremely valid. Um, So kind of taking a little bit further into that, where you're talking about how you have to look at yourself, elaborate a little bit more on, or maybe share some tips on how you overcome failures and setbacks, where maybe there was a failure and a setback and maybe a younger you or more naive, you would have pointed fingers somewhere else, but you know, knowing that, okay, You're part of that that problem. How did you, how do you overcome those failures and setbacks?
2: Okay. So I always believe that you can learn from every situation. Mm -hmm. And I was fortunate enough to have a failure where, um, My boss at that time Mm -hmm. kindly said this to me and it stayed with me forever. And it changed the way I operate Mm -hmm. and how I take accountability for situations. Mm -hmm. So what happened was um, I've always been in performance or I always was in performance roles. Mm -hmm. And um, one year, I didn't think he didn't think we could achieve our Mm goals, And I said, we got it. We're going to do it. And he's like, no, let me see if I can get him lowered. I was like, nope, I got this. Mm -hmm. We're going to make it. So we made it. We exceeded the goal. So, Mm -hmm. of course, you know, I was so happy and we got a trophy and we got the glory. And I was like, yes, we're amazing. Well, the following year, um, our goal went up and we just didn't get to our goal. Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting in his office, and he's like, Claudia, what happened? And I was like, well, you know, this team, blah, 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 and because the processing time took long, and because of this, so I started everything around the situation Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. blaming everybody I could Mm -hmm. because it couldn't possibly be my fault, right? Right. (laughs) And then he looked at me, and he said, so let me get this straight. Straight. When you won, you took all the glory, but now that you've failed, you mm. have nothing but, but blame. Mm. And I was like, is that a trick question? <laughs> <laughs> and then he said to me, Claudia, when we win, right, we give the glory and we look at the people that help." Mm-hmm. And we give them that success. Mm-hmm. And when we fail, we look in the mirror and we learn from it. What could we do better mm-hmm. in that situation? What could we have changed or done differently mm-hmm. or, you know, have a different impact? What could you have different? What did you learn from it?
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And he said, if you do that, that the rest will just change and you will surprise yourself. And it was true. Um, I found that by doing that, it made me a better leader Mm -hmm. because I was truly focused on my people. Um, I gave them the glory for everything, which made them be more committed and wanting to do more because they knew they fully will get the glory and the credit when we won. We always won as a team. So they were excited to contribute. And they knew that if we failed... I was going to take it for us right? and they didn't want that. So they would try even harder to make us win. So I found that that was an absolute game changer. That's fantastic. And I think one of the key
0: lessons in that is that you had someone in your kind of realm or in your community or a mentor sponsor kind of manager who was a truth teller who kind of gave you that feedback and, um, and didn't kind of mince his words, it sounds like, right? So, and I think that's really important. And I think, you know, women of color and women in general, sometimes we don't get that kind of feedback from leaders, especially sometimes male leaders, because they don't want to hurt your feelings or, you know, see you upset or don't think that, you're, you know, going to receive it well. So what have you done, uh, you know, given that that was one of, like you said, one of the pivotal lessons that you've learned, what do you do to seek out feedback and and how do you find that feedback that's going to help you grow?
2: Okay. So for me, um, I think it's very, very important, like you said, to get feedback But a lot of the time, people don't really, people are afraid to give it because they're afraid of the reaction of the other individual. Mm -hmm. So I make it very clear to any individual that I'm open for feedback. Mm. So the first workshop I ran, anybody I knew in the room, I said, what could I do better? Mm -hmm. And they're like, no, it was great. And I'm like, thank you, I appreciate it. But I'm asking, what could I do to have it be off the top? Mm -hmm. And I'm open to that feedback. I know you appreciate me. I know you respect me. This is not taking from our relationship. I'm looking to grow and be the best I can be. So I think if you have that language with people and you let them know that their feedback is important Mm -hmm. and that you're looking at their words as a growth opportunity to you, Mm -hmm. they will be more open to it. Um, And, you know, I do that for everything, Um, you know, for any presentation I do for anything that will allow me to make it more impactful, Mm -hmm. uh, make it more engaging Just make it better in any way because I want to be able to be that. So just expressing to people that you are open to feedback, that you Mm -hmm. value the feedback, um, and then you appreciate it.
0: That's fantastic. It's, it's kind of granting them permission to, you know, give you that candid feedback and, you know, and, and almost acknowledging, like, I appreciate, you know, the positive feedback. Thank you so much, but give me the nitty gritty so that I can actually grow from it and, and improve. I think that's fantastic. Um, The other question I had around kind of mentoring and sponsoring is that we hear this a lot from our listeners, especially our, you know, our women leaders and our women of color where they are, you know, they are looking for mentors and sponsors that look like them. And because they don't see a lot of that visibility out there, um, they kind of, basically shortchange themselves because they don't go out for the kind of unusual kind of suspect that could be their mentors and sponsors. And just hearing you talk about your experiences where, you know, your managers were male or people who were giving you that feedback that really helped you grow weren't like you. um, What word of advice would you give the women out there about seeking out sponsors and mentors that'll help you grow?
2: Okay. So I think that if, It's important to have people that are different than you that are part of what I call your board of directors, Mm -hmm. who are the people that kind of guide you and help you make decisions that are within your goals Mm -hmm. and within your brand and help you stay focused. Mm -hmm. So I pick people from different industries. I pick people, different genders, different nationalities because if you try to stay within like your gender or you know l- l- your race you a lot of the time will have the same type of thinking hmm. and a lot of the time you might be even experiencing a lot of the same things mm-hmm. so a lot of the time the feedback or the advice or the things you get are things that probably you would already have some type of awareness to it.
1: Mm,
2: When you add mentors Mm -hmm. that have a completely different background, type of mentality, experiences in life, and just in a different place in life, they're Mm going to have a completely different perspective,
1: Mm
2: -hmm. um, a completely different view and perception. So when they're giving you that feedback, they're going to come from a completely different place that might be a blind spot for you. Um, And of course, once you receive it, you can say this applies, it doesn't apply and how you're going to apply it. But at least it will allow you to shine light in those blind spots that you might not be able to see if you're only seeking out mentors within your circle, within your interest, Mm -hmm. within your gender or race.
0: That's excellent it kind of expands your frame of reference um, and makes you brings you just different perspectives and different ways to look at things because it is true you could create the echo chamber and kind of be in a situation where you're just preaching to the choir and you all are kind of nodding your heads together, but no one is giving you solutions or a different way of thinking it so I think that's extremely important. Now, speaking of, um, you know, identifying these mentors and sponsors and influential leaders that you want to learn from... What is the key, like, how did you approach some of these individuals? Kind of like, you know, even when you said when you were thinking about a career change and you were identifying somebody that you were like, I want to be like this person, let me understand what it is that they do and what they have, etc. How do you gain access? What is, what is the kind of, what, are the, what is the strategy or the game plan that you do when you identify somebody you want to learn from? Or, um, you know, what's the first thing you do? Do you just go ask or what is it that you do?
2: Yes, the answer is yes. You just go ask. So <laughs> it, it's true. I will. I found that most people actually want to help. Most people want to mentor. Here is where those relationships sometimes go wrong, right? Mm. So if I approach somebody and I say, hey, you know, I'm looking at your career. I really admire you. Um, You know, you're really somebody I feel I could learn from, or I have this specific situation and I would love to get your feedback. So be Mm -hmm. very specific of exactly how you think they can help you Mm -hmm. or your career and what their role would be. And two, if they tell you, okay, Claudia, first, I want you to read this book, Mm -hmm. read it, (laughs) right? Because I find, you know, and, and then I used to have this conversation with them too, like so many people will come to you. Can you help me? Can you guide me? Can you mentor? Can you give me feedback? But then you give the feedback, you do all the things, and then the other person never follows through or never mm. does what you said. And then when they call you, is because they didn't do what they didn't do what you suggested. Mm-hmm. And then now they're in a bind, and right. then they're calling you to try to get out of the bind. <laughs> so it's like I'm con- you're constantly asking for feedback that you're not going to execute. Mm Um, you just want to take my time without actually taking action. Mm -hmm. And that's when those relationships start to not be effective. Mm. Um, so to me is first identifying the individual that you admire, that you think they would have input for whatever reason, but identify your reason. And then two, ask them whether it is on LinkedIn, whether you know they're going to be at an event and say, hey, I came here specifically to have a conversation with you because I admire you and I would love to collaborate and work together. This is how I think we can help each other. Mm. So be really clear and specific and then always follow through. Do what you say you're going to do. So if you say you're going to send them some paperwork, your resume, email, you're going to read a book, whatever it is that you're committing yourself to do it, Mm -hmm. get it done. No excuses.
0: That is, I think, a really critical advice, especially in the fact that, you know, um, it's the the return on investment that that person is giving you. I mean, time is, you know, precious. And someone is giving their time to kind of help you, coach you, mentor you, whatever that may be. And if you're not following through, like you said, it's almost kind of a slap in the face to that individual that you basically took their time and then kind of did nothing with it. So I think that's critical. And what you were saying is making sure you follow through and then you let them know that you followed through and how it was helpful Um, I think that's brilliant. So thank you for sharing that. Um, And then one final, you know, question that we like to ask all of our podcast guests is that, you know, in this, you know, world where, you know, the environment, it's constantly changing and it's a disruptive world and, you know, be it the digital age, technology, just the way that things are changing, or you could have a pandemic that just kind of throws everything, you know, that you've known, um, you know, throw throw a wrench in the whole process. What would you say that women need to continue to do to accelerate their success in this kind of ever-changing digital age?
2: Okay, so I think the first thing we need to really have presence like in our mind through any pandemic, any obstacle, anything that can possibly go wrong mm-hmm. is if it's important enough, you will find a way. Mm-hmm. So if you just started a new business and a pandemic started, everything stopped, and all of a sudden your contracts canceled, and you're going, Oh my God, what is happening? Mm -hmm. Of course, we're all human. So take that day, be sad, watch movies, feel (laughs) bad for yourself, then pick yourself up, sit down and know that there is a way. And if you really want to, you will make it work. Okay. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. then after that, just start looking at the different solutions, the different options. Know that like we said before, in difficult situations is where growth is. Mm -hmm. So then through this, you might find that you might need to develop new skills. Mm -hmm. So you might say, you know what? I'm not really great at the computer thing. And now a lot of our world is that. Mm -hmm. Let me take this opportunity to work on those skills. So always understand that as professionals and as professional women, Mm -hmm. growth is essential. And always looking for the opportunities for growth,
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, whether it's learning a new skill or honing in to a current skill. Mm-hmm. Um, but understanding that that's how you're going to continue to grow. That's how you're going to continue to evolve. That's how you're going to be also able to help others. Um, and then, like I said, if it's really important to you, there is a way. Mm-hmm. So. Find it because, uh, as I mentioned before, um, you know I experienced the same problem with it when the pandemic started and all my contracts canceled for my business, brand new business, and mm-hmm. I went from one of our best months to zero. <laughs> and I had my good cry, and you know I uh, I ate my ice cream and I watched my movies. <laughs> And then I figured out a way. So our way was changing our workshops from two-hour face-to-face workshops Mm -hmm. to evolving into um, multiple books, one-hour workshop. Mm -hmm. And that worked well. But it took time for a while. I'm like, oh, I can't believe it. My business is going to go out. But then I picked up and I said, what new skills do I need to make this happen? Mm -hmm. Why do I need to adjust with my current situation? And what do I need to really do to make it happen? And then you'll find solutions if you have that mindset. That's fantastic. And I was just
0: going to say, so it's definitely that mindset where you are kind of, um, kind of self-coaching yourself and telling yourself you can figure out a way you've just got to like push through and, and know that you can do it. Can you share? And I know I'd said one last question, but that was interesting around the mindset of, you know, the thing that will creep into most of us is the, you know, uh, imposter syndrome or that, you know, those fears or just limiting beliefs. What do you do to yourself to snap yourself out of it? Like you said, you know, you allowed yourself the good cry and the pint of ice cream and all this fun stuff um, to soothe yourself, but then what do you do to kind of take your mindset and just shift it immediately?
2: Okay, so I found that um, we all go through it, right? And Mm -hmm. it doesn't matter how good you get at a certain skill or at what you do, you those things always creep in mm-hmm. so I actually found from a book um, something that was really great to do that I implemented in my own life mm-hmm. so one is I have a happy box so mm-hmm. through your career like I'm sure a lot of you have this where you got to think you know, because you did a great job or you impacted somebody or you received an email telling you how grateful somebody was mm-hmm. or you had an experience that you had an interaction in Somebody gave you feedback and you're like, wow. So I would write that down in a paper and I would put it in my happy box. Mm. And then when I'm feeling like I'm not good enough, like why would that company want to pay me that amount of money to do this? Like, am I really going to be able to deliver? I go to the happy box and then I read all the powerful and empowering things I've done with and for other people Mm -hmm. and how my interaction with them has really had a positive impact Mm -hmm. and that kind of reminds myself that I can do it, that I am good enough. And then I also have a group of individuals that we are that for each other.
1: Mm.
2: So we are in the same, so we're all, um, kind of contractors and we're in the mm-hmm. um you know webinar workshop world and we mm-hmm. find that we experience this a lot especially when we get the larger contracts we look at each other like oh, really you know uh-huh. and so we pick each other up and I I will say hey I'm feeling this way And then, you know, that person will be like, well, remember when you got this one, they hired you back three times. Do you remember when this happened, the feedback you had? Mm -hmm. So stop that. So you kind of surround yourself with individuals that get it Mm -hmm. and can remind you of all the great things that you have accomplished and how you really shouldn't be holding yourself back.
0: That's fantastic. And I love the idea of the happy box. I mean, we, um, you know, I do something similar. I have my greatest hits list. And so I'll go back and kind of look at that. But I love the idea of having something physical, like a box to go in and pull something out and almost kind of like a fortune cookie thing. You open yes. it up, read it and remind yourself. I think that's fantastic. So thank you for sharing that. Well, Claudia, it has been awesome. It has been amazing. Thank you for all of the kind of words of wisdom you've shared with our listeners. And I'm sure and I'm certain that the are all going to want to maybe get more of this from, from you. So what is the best way for our audience to follow you or reach you? Um, you can share that with them. That would be fantastic.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Would love to. Uh, I love to connect with other individuals and collaborate and just empower and impact together. So you can always find, find me on LinkedIn, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, just Rojas Claudia. Mm-hmm. Um, or uh, you can send me an email and then we can connect that way which is Claudia at booksmadeeasynow.com
1: mm-hmm.
2: um, and I'm on all the socials so I look forward to connecting with all of you
0: fantastic thanks so much Claudia
2: Oh, thank you so much I really enjoyed our time today
0: and we'll be sure to address them in future episodes. If you enjoyed our show today, please subscribe and rate the podcast or just tell a friend about it. See you next episode.